Welcome to Awards Bait, the official Galaxy of Film Award Show podcast, where we ask ourselves, what's getting nominated this year? Joining me every other Tuesday is a roster of guest stars to help me answer that very question. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Awards Baits. I have got a little bit of a special recording for you guys today. Um, I'm going to be breaking down the Golden Globe nominations. Now, Golden Globes are not the end-all, be-all. You know, this is mostly covering the Oscars because that's kind of the big, the big shebang. You know what I mean? That's that's the deal where you're like, okay, Oscars, it's legit. Your movie made it. Golden Globes are a fun sort of party, or they used to be in the past. Things have changed with a lot of controversy that I will not get into here. Uh, If you are interested, you can look all that stuff up. But I just wanted to go through the film nominations. Golden Globes is both TV and film, but I am going to be covering the film because that's what I've been tracking, you know? So without further ado, let's get right into it here. Uh, I don't... I don't know why all of these categories are six nominees. I don't remember hearing about that. I don't remember them doing that last year, uh, but I think it's kind of dumb. I I mean, it's great that they can nominate more people, more people that are deserving, Um, but I just think there's one clear outlier in like most of these, and I'll point those out as we go here. Without further ado, the Golden Globe nominees, everybody. Let's start with this ridiculous category. Cinematic and box office achievement. The nominees are Barbie, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, John Wick Chapter 4, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, Oppenheimer, Across the Spider-Verse, the Super Mario Bros. movie, and Taylor Swift's Eras Tour. Now, I have seen all of these, and I don't think we're judging the films here. I think we are basically deciding which movie made the most money, which we can actually find out. Uh, and it's Barbie made like $1.4 billion or something. So what's what's the point of this category? I don't get it. I don't know why it happened. Uh, and if we're talking about box office success, I mean, Mission Impossible, I don't think that movie's going to make money. You know? And John Wick 4, there were movies this year that did better than John Wick 4, you know? Like, I think Little Mermaid made more than John Wick. I think, uh, what's the other one that did really well? One of the Marvel movies did better. Maybe not, actually. (laughs) No, that's actually true. Ant-Man and Captain Marvel did not, uh, did not do better than Guardians. Guardians is in here, though. So I don't get this. Um, it's kind of weird. Uh, the Taylor Swift movie, like, I, like, what, what, like, what is the competition? Like, is this a fan vote? David Rosen mentioned this on episode one, and he said he would nominate John Wick for, for, I believe it was Best Picture. We were covering Best Picture, so I would assume so. Uh, but since we both kind of acknowledge that there's absolutely no chance of that happening, he said maybe there should be a stunt category. And I think that's what this should be, a stunt category. You can still have nominees like John Wick, Mission Impossible, Guardians 3... You can still have those, but it would just be recognizing a field that largely goes unnoticed rather than... I mean, the, the, the movie's made the money. That, that is that is the success. 
We don't need to award the movie for making the most money. So, I mean, I guess Barbie wins. So, congrats, Barbie. You're already nominated nine other times, which we'll talk about here, but I, I, it's, it's dumb. Taylor Swift should win, I think, because, I mean, she came out of nowhere and did that, but I think the studios hate her for that. So why would they nominate her, and why would they give her that win? Because she went behind the studio's backs and made a deal with AMC. Smart thing to do. I commend her for that. I think she kind of broke the mold. But why would they want to award her for that? You know what I mean? It's weird. It's weird. Okay, next up. Best animated motion picture. This one has been stirring up a lot of controversy here. So, I haven't seen Nimona, but Nimona's not here. But we have The Boy and the Heron, Elemental, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, the Super Mario Brothers movie, Suzume, and Wish. I have, at the time of this recording, I have not seen The Boy and the Heron, but I will be seeing it imminently. I'm recording this on December 11th, the, uh, the day of the nominations being announced. Uh, whether that's uploaded today or not, I'm not totally sure. But, um, yeah. I, uh, I will see The Boy in the Heron. I think that's probably going to take it. It's that or Across the Spider-Verse. I think it's Across the Spider-Verse, just from what I've seen. I think Across the Spider-Verse should win. Uh, but Nimona's not here, and I am baffled as to why Wish is here. Because I didn't see Wish. I actually was supposed to go see Wish, and then uh, the fire alarm went off, and we had to leave. So I took that as a sign, and I never went back. Uh, but, yeah, I don't... I, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. And I didn't see Nimona either, but I've heard Nimona's like great, so and I I will check that out. Uh Suzume I didn't see either, but that's from Toho, and I really liked Godzilla, so I will watch that maybe. Um But yeah, I would say the boy in the heron or across the spider-verse. Disney already has Elemental in here, which is more deserving than Wish, but like even Ninja Turtles, man, that was a great movie. That was like innovative, you know, it, it felt like a different thing which we should be awarding. I don't know why Wish, which seems like, you know, Disney's, like, pat on the back to itself, where it's like, hey, we're going to do, like, a blend of hand-drawn and computer. Like, I don't get what's going on there, and it looks unfinished. Like, it doesn't look like a good movie. So, whatever. But Across the Spider-Verse or Boy in the Heron, both, I'm sure, I haven't seen Boy in the Heron, but I've heard it's great. I'm very excited to see it. I can't wait. Uh, but, yeah, one of those two are going to win that. And as far as what shouldn't be here, yeah, Wish shouldn't be here. It should be, they should get rid of Wish. And maybe even Super Mario Bros. just to get uh, Ninja Turtles in there. And Nimona, I haven't seen Nimona, but like Nimona's... Nimona or Ninja Turtles over Super Mario Bros. for that fifth. But obviously Super Mario Bros. is so successful, whatever. But, you know, I don't know. And then Suzume, I can't speak on that because I haven't seen it. But, it, you know, I haven't, I haven't heard much about that. But maybe it's great. I'm not sure. Okay, best song. So three of these are are, um, are uh, for Barbie, actually. I'm Just Ken, Dance the Night, What Was I Made For? All three of those are Barbie. Half of the category are Barbie songs. Uh, we have uh, uh, Addicted to Romance in She Came to Me. Never even heard of that. Road to Freedom in Rustin. Haven't finished Rustin yet. I've... <laughs> I've watched more than the 15 minutes that I mentioned last week, but I've still got about 45 left to go. I don't, I don't love it. I don't love it. You know, it's good, and uh, Coleman Domingo's great in it, but um, I don't know. I haven't really had the time to sit down and really finish that one. Uh, and then Peaches from the Super Mario Brothers movie. Of course, you know, kind of swept the nation earlier this year. 
Uh, I think I'm just Ken should win, and I don't know what Addicted to Romance is, so I'll say that one probably shouldn't be here. And I think maybe the Hunger Games one um, should have been in here, too. I feel like that was one that everybody talked about. And I, I think we can get one of the Barbie songs out of here. Like, I feel like Dance the Night, like, it was not that. I mean, it was popular, but whatever. Um, I mean, you got to have What Was I Made For. What Was I Made For probably will win. It's it's between I'm Just Ken and What Was I Made For with, like, a dark horse being Peaches. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have much interest in the songs. Okay, Best Picture, non-English. Uh, Anatomy of a Fall, Fallen Leaves, Io Capitano, Past Lives, Society of the Snow, and The Zone of Interest. I have seen two of these films, and Past Lives comes from the United States, so I don't know why that's even in here, but, I mean, I guess some of it is spoken, most of it is not in English, but, you know, come on, that's kind of a loophole. That's a little weird. Uh, but Zone of Interest, I'm, you know, anxiously awaiting to see uh, once I get uh, showtimes around here. Anatomy of a Fall, I loved. Um, Society of the Snow, I'm hearing great things, but it hasn't, you know... I can't watch it until it comes out on Netflix. Io Capitano, I have not heard of. Fallen Leaves, I believe, is in another category. I believe it's got an actor nominated. So I'll have to put that one on my radar, but it wasn't initially. So I'll have to check that out. Um, let's move on here. I, I don't really have a, an opinion on which one shouldn't be here. Uh, I guess I guess technicality-wise, maybe Past Lives shouldn't be here. I'm happy it's here. I love Past Lives, but you know, it's 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 not a foreign film really. Like, it was made in the United States. It's like, would you say Minari is a foreign film? I'd be curious to, I don't have that, you know, knowledge off the top of my head, but I'd be curious to see if Minari was nominated for non-English language, because those were both, like, A24 productions made in the United States, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I guess that would maybe be my pick, because, you know, it's not really, like, a foreign film. But, you know, it says non-English language, so I guess technically it's allowed to be there. But at the same time, you know, make room for another another one, because Past Lives is already in a lot of other categories. Okay, uh, best original score. Ludwig Gorenson for Oppenheimer. Jerskin Fendrix for Poor Things. Robbie Robertson for Killers of the Flower Moon, who I believe passed away tragically. Uh, Mika Levi <clears throat> for The Zone of Interest. Danielle Pemberton for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, and Joe Hisachi from The Boy and the Heron. Uh, my pick here would be Ludwig Gorenson for sure. Uh, that score kind of, you know, was was a meme for months. Uh, with a chance, I think Daniel Pemberton for Across the Spider-Verse is really strong as well. That one was also super popular and well done. Um, yeah, Oppenheimer versus Across the Spider-Verse, maybe Killers of the Flower Moon can get in there and be a contender, um, because I remember that score being quite good as well, and, and, and interesting, um, and then Poor Things I haven't seen yet, but I'm sure that's got a great score, um, as for what shouldn't be here, I don't, I've, I don't, I don't know, but I haven't seen The Zone of Interest, but I feel like that one probably, uh, I, maybe I would take out Poor Things, actually. Just because I'm not going to speak ignorantly on The Zone of Interest because I haven't seen it. Because I'm sure that movie... I've heard that movie is not really... I've heard that... I've heard weird things about The Zone of Interest. Um, and I feel like this score might be one of those that like enhances the overall experience. So maybe I wouldn't take that out. But I would just say poor things just because it's so many other places. Maybe you give it to um, somebody else. But And I heard The Boy and the Heron score is very like kind of low-key. 
uh, which you know might be nice. So I'm I'm curious about all of those scores. I'm curious to listen to the Boy and the Heron and the Zone of Interest scores and the Poor Thing score because I haven't I've only seen half of this category as far as the films go. Um, but yeah, I would vote even with that in mind. I would say Ludwig Göransson or Daniel Pemberton deserve it. Um, yeah, that's definitely my pick. Okay, uh, these are all the TV ones, so we'll move right past those. I'm sorry, but I, I like the bear. I like I like um, Barry, and I liked The Last of Us. That's that's all you got from me on TV. All right, here we go. Best Supporting Actress. Now, these are all the ones that we've been covering, so I am very excited to go through these here. So, six slots, like I mentioned. Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks from The Color Purple, Jodie Foster from Niad, Julianne Moore from May-December, Rosamund Pike, for, Rosamund Pike for Saltburn. Big surprise there, we'll talk about that. Divine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers. A lot of my sure bets are in here. Uh, Emily Blunt, um, Julianne Moore, and Divine Joy Randolph were my three sure bets, I think. Um, so that's good. Uh, I'm glad they're all in here. Danielle Brooks was my iffy, and Jodie Foster. Uh... And then my no chance was Rosamund Pike. I'm surprised she's here. Over America Ferreira, over uh, one of the other actresses from The Color Purple, over Viola Davis from Air. This is pretty big, you know? I still don't think she has a shot for the Oscar nomination, which is my sixth nonsense pick, where I don't think she would be in here if it was just five. Uh, but I'm pleased to see Jodie Foster in here. I think that's great. I really like Nyad. I'm a big Nyad supporter. I um, I hope that movie does well. And I think it might. But uh, for my pick here, I would go with Divide and Julian Randolph just for me. And I'm glad Julian Moore's in here as well. I have finished May, December at the time of recording. I mentioned last week that I saw an hour of it. I finished it. It's great. I loved May, December. Um, bit insane that it's in musical or comedy. Bit insane. But, um, you know whatever. So, yeah, I would go with either Danielle Brooks or Divine Joy Randolph. Maybe Emily Blunt, but that would be kind of insane. I think her nomination is the the win. You know what I mean? All right, supporting actor. Another great one. Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things, Charles Melton for May December, Ryan Gosling for Barbie, Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon, and Willem Dafoe for Poor Things. This might have been the one that I was dead on about, and this is the one I felt confident. I mentioned in that episode with uh, my co-host there, Ronnie, that, um, you know, I had Charles Melton, we hadn't seen May, December at the time of recording, uh, but, you know, we had faith that uh, that that uh, Mark Ruffalo would get in here. We had faith that Ryan Gosling, Robert De Niro, and Robert Downey Jr. would get in here. But we had Willem Dafoe over Charles Melton. I think that was our five, were the two Poor Things boys and then the other four that I just mentioned. Or the other three, I should say. Uh, but I'm so glad. After seeing May, December, I would put Charles Melton over Willem Dafoe. Now that I've seen May, December, I would I would do that. Because uh, I feel like Willem Dafoe probably doesn't have as much screen time. Uh, but with that being said, Poor Things just might be one of those things that the Academy just loves it. And I know I'm talking about the Oscars so much still, even though I'm going over the Golden Globe nominations. It's just the only thing I care about is the Oscars. It's the, it's the most legit thing. 
Uh, but the Golden Globes are fun, and I'm excited to watch them. And it's a good indicator as to what the Oscars will be. So that's great. My, but my sixth, like, kind of, you know, whatever nomination would be Willem Dafoe. I think he's the one that kind of snuck in here for that sixth one because the sixth slot thing is nonsense. But, yeah, Charles Melton is excellent. And I actually think I might want him to win, which is insane because <clears throat> we talked about in that episode how it was between Ryan Gosling and Robert uh, Downey Jr., but, um, yeah, now I'm going Charles Melton or maybe Ryan Gosling. And I think Robert Downey Jr. lost a lot of steam. So I'm going to go with Charles Melton here. I really hope he wins it because it's so good. He's excellent in it. Okay. <clears throat> Best performance by an actor in a musical or comedy. Nicolas Cage in Dream Scenario. This is expected. Um, I think this is that category <clears throat> where you kind of have a lot of people that you're not going to see at the Oscars. I think two of these people you might see at the Oscars out of six. And those are Paul Giamatti from The Holdovers and Jeffrey Wright in American Fiction. The other nominees are Timothy Chalamet in Wonka, Matt Damon in Air, which is big, and Joaquin Phoenix, not for Napoleon, but for Bo is Afraid. What? What the fuck? You know, like that movie, I, I, you know, I've got two friends. Will, who you know, from Galaxy of Film, and Ron, who was on that Supporting Actor episode with me. Love Bo is Afraid. I appreciate Bo is Afraid. I kind of respect it. I'm glad Joaquin is here because I think he's talented and I think he carried that movie. But what what are we doing? You know, what was that? What was that movie? I don't know. I don't know. But that's very much a Golden Globes nomination. Timothy Chalamet as well. I'm I'm pleased to see Nicolas Cage here. Even if it is one of those like we're just filling up slots things because yeah, like what is this? You know, what is this? Like, none of these people are going to make it to the Oscars, except for the two that I mentioned. With maybe Matt Damon, because what the fuck? Air is, like, super popular for some reason, and we'll get to it. Um, I mean, not that popular, but, like, it's it's nominated for Best Picture, Musical or Comedy. Like, that's kind of crazy. Um, but, yeah, my pick here would be uh, Paul Giamatti. Uh, I haven't seen American Fiction. That's the one I haven't Or, no, I haven't seen Wonka either, but I've seen the other four. And uh, I would go with either Jeffrey Wright or Paul Giamatti. Um, yeah. Even though my heart wants Dream Scenario in a cage. Because that movie is so weird. And so is Bo's Afraid. They're both kind of strange. But Dream Scenario just got like so devastating by the end. And I was like, God damn, like, Nicolas Cage, you're breaking my heart. It was sad. But it was good. I really liked it. And I, I'm glad he's here. I'm glad he can attend. Uh, and Chalamet, yeah, what a Golden Globes pick. If you don't know what I mean by that, by the way, there's always, like, a couple of... Ca You'll see another one here in a minute. Um, but they'll they'll just kind of fill up slots because they need to divide it into musical or comedy just so they can get more people at their show, which it is what it is, you know? It's kind of a popularity contest. Like, this, these awards don't really matter for the Golden Globes. It, they're fun, don't get me wrong, and it's fun to track this, but... And this year, more so than any other year, a lot of these are actually, like good nominations like there's usually some crazy bullshit in here but um but this year i'm pretty happy with it um but let's keep going here actress musical or comedy 
Fantasia Barino from the color purple. Now there's one that I haven't had on my radar. Didn't I don't, I don't know who the lead of color purple is because I haven't seen the movie. And the trailer is is I haven't I don't really tune in when the trailer comes on. But, you know, when I do, I'm like, who's the lead? I don't know. I thought it was Taraji P. Henson because her name is the first on the poster, but I maybe not. I don't know. Uh, Natalie Portman for May December. That's fun to see her there. Which, but you know, not a comedy. Alma Poitsky for Fallen Leaves. That's the that's the foreign film I mentioned earlier that I am now interested in because she this actress is here and it's a musical or comedy. Wow. Well, is it? Wait, was it Fallen Leaves? Was that what it was called? Let me make sure. I don't want to be speaking nonsense here. Um, yes, Fallen Leaves. So, that's big to have a, an actress from a foreign film in the bigger categories. I mean, we, we have another one in the next category here, which I believe she will get to the Oscars. But uh, I think the Alma nomination is big, but uh, I don't think she's going to go much further here. And I do think that... Uh, oh, and then my last one, <laughs> the last one here, Jennifer Lawrence for No Hard Feelings. Here's another Golden Globes nomination. No Hard Feelings, I had a lot of fun with that movie. I think it's funny. I think she's great in it. And I thought she did a lot to kind of hold that movie on her shoulders. Um, but, you know, she, I mean, come on. Like, let's be real. And that's 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 probably my my nonsense prediction. My, my nonsense nomination, excuse me. That's a good, that's a good way to phrase it. A nonsense nomination. There you go. We've got Joaquin and Bo is Afraid and Jennifer Lawrence and No Hard Feelings leading the pack of nonsense nominations. So, but for that category, I would probably go with uh, Emma Stone for Poor Things. Um, you know, she's been one that we've been talking about since the beginning of the show. She's got a lot of buzz, a lot of buzz. And I think it's just hers to lose at this point, especially in the musical or comedy category. She doesn't face a lot of stiff competition, except, me. I mean, maybe Margot Robbie, but, you know, I don't think so. I think it's Emma, I think it's Emma Stone's, for sure. Um, and she deserves it. I think she, I, I didn't see Poor Things yet, but uh, she, from everything I've heard is that it's her best performance. So if it's her best performance and she's already won an Oscar, you know, you can only go up from there. Okay, best performance by an actress in a motion picture drama... We have got Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon, Carrie Mulligan, Maestro, Sandra Huller for Anatomy of a Fall, Annette Benning for Niad, Greta Lee for Past Lives, and Kaylee Spaney from Priscilla. Uh, right off the bat, Kaylee Spaney is the, is the nonsense nomination. That being said, I liked her in the film. She was good. All of these people are great in their films. I'm just saying... If there weren't six, that person would be out. That, that's what I'm doing here. Gradily, I'm so glad to see her here. This is great. I know that there's like a lot more transfer nominations here uh, because you have six and because you have the category split between drama and musical, but uh, I'm so glad to see her there. Like It's nice to see Past Lives actually stick around. That's so great. Annette Benning for Nyad, you know, I'm a big Nyad supporter. I said it earlier. I'm glad she's here. Uh, there's no chance that she wins, but, you know, we'll see. I would love to see Carrie Mulligan win. I really would. And I, I didn't think I would say that after I saw Killers of the Flower Moon, but I saw Maestro, and I, she blew me away. She was great. 
and I would I I she is my favorite performance that I've seen so far from an actress this year. Uh, I, you know, I, and I say so far because I haven't seen Poor Things just yet. Um, but Lily Gladstone is excellent, and I if she gets it, I would not even be mad. But I really would like Carrie Mulligan to get it. But it's between Carrie Mulligan and Gladstone in this category at the Oscars. Those three are going to be duking it out pretty hard. Emma Stone, Carrie Mulligan, and Lily Gladstone. But ultimately there, I would go probably Emma Stone or Carrie Mulligan or Lily Gladstone. Like, I don't know who wins those three. When you put them all together, I don't know. That gets tricky, you know? Who knows? But I, I would hope that Carrie Mulligan gets it. Uh, but, you know, I'm not mad if, if Lily Gladstone gets it. I'm glad Greta Lee's here, though. I really am. Can't state that enough. I think we can enjoy her here because I don't think she's going to the Oscars. And Kaylee Spaney, no. She will not either, but I'm glad that they're here. Actor in a motion picture drama. Here we go. Bradley Cooper for Maestro. Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer. Leonardo DiCaprio for Killers of the Flower Moon. Coleman Domingo for Rustin. Andrew Scott for All of Us Strangers. And Barry Keoghan for Saltburn. Barry Keoghan made it. And Saltburn is a drama, even though I think Saltburn is funnier than May December. You know, that's crazy. That's crazy. All the strangers I have not seen, and I don't think that's even playing anywhere near me. So I don't know if I'm even gonna see that. It's just gonna come out in streaming one day, like Foe did. Remember Foe? Foe was on my awards radar, and then Foe debuted with a ten percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And then I never heard about Foe again, and then I just saw it on my Voodoo the other day, available for rent. It was starting a limited limited run, and then stopped that expansion real quick after that 10% came out, and then it hit Voodoo like a week ago, and I remembered it again. Crazy how these things kind of crash and burn sometimes. But Foe is probably the big one for me <laughs> this year. It had, uh, it had, what's that actor's name? Paul Mescal and Circe uh, Ronan two powerhouses and it's just not good i haven't seen it i don't even know if i want to i'm gonna be heartbroken i'm especially gonna be heartbroken if i like it you know but at the end of the day you know not everything works out but andrew scott from all the strangers also starring paul mescal um haven't seen it uh have no opinion on him as far as that goes but uh i can say that but my nonsense nomination here is definitely barry keoghan I am so thrilled he's here. Stoltburn is one of my favorites of the year, but, you know, no. No chance. Uh, some snubs here, actually. I haven't really been talking about snubs, but I've noticed a couple. Um, Napoleon's totally gone. Ferrari's didn't even really start. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of people here where they're just not represented at all. You know, no other color purple actresses made it except, I mean, Danielle Brooks and uh, Fantasia made it in. But I don't, you know, Coleman Domingo, we thought maybe supporting actor could get in there. Uh, but, you know, doesn't always work out. So I would say probably uh, Barry Keoghan in this one is the nonsense. And the likely winners, I would say it's between Bradley Cooper and Killian Murphy, I think. I think Leonardo DiCaprio is done. I don't think he's going to make it. Coleman Domingo, he's very good in the movie. Very good in Rustin, uh, from what I've seen so far. And I've seen half of it now. Uh, but, you know, 
it's one of those things where I just think not enough people are talking about that. Nobody watched Rustin. And these things kind of matter. Like at the last minute, May December blew up last week. It's like number one most popular on Letterboxd. It's, it's, you know, everybody's kind of talking about it. Everybody loves it. And that's what you need. Because sometimes these movies hit at just the right time. And then it's, you know, it's written in the stars. It's done. Um, and that's what happens, you know. Some of them stick around, like past lives. Where, like, not a lot of people are talking about them. But we remember Air. Not a lot of people are talking about it. But they remember, you know. Rustin's just not one of those ones that people are remembering for some reason. You know? And I think Napoleon and Ferrari, same thing. Ferrari never even really got to start. And there's an argument to be made here. Uh, actually, I'll talk about that later. Let's continue. Best screenplay. Barbie. Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach. Uh, Poor Things by Tony McNamara. Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan. Killers of the Flower Moon, Eric Roth, and Martin Scorsese. Past Lives by Celine, Strong, uh, Celine Song. Excuse me. Anatomy of a Fall, Justine Trier, and Arthur Harari. Uh, probably Poor Things. Haven't even seen it, but I think probably Poor Things. Maybe Barbie. I would love to see Barbie win this because that screenplay is good. Um, I don't think Oppenheimer's going to win this one, even though it's cool, you know, the first-person thing, but I don't think so. Very glad Past Lives is here, but from what I've heard, that's just, you know, her life, which is, you know, it, it, it does matter, but I don't think it necessarily guarantees the win. Anatomy of a Fall is really good, though. Ooh, I don't even know. There is no nonsense nomination in this one. I don't think anybody... I think everybody deserves to be here. I think Past Lives is the one that probably wouldn't have made it if there was five. But by no means is that a nonsense nomination. You know what I mean? By no means. But, uh, yeah, I would go with... Uh, it's really a toss-up, because I could see any of those four, Barbie, Poor Things, Oppenheimer, or Killers of the Flower Moon, taking it. But my heart wants Past Lives or Anatomy of a Fall to win. Because Anatomy of a Fall is good. Like, really good. Uh, Screenplay-wise. And movie-wise. That movie's great. But, yeah. Poor things are Barbie. Slight edge to Barbie. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. Moving on. Best Director in a Motion Picture. Bradley Cooper for Maestro. Greta Gerwig for Barbie. Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things. Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon, and Celine Song for Past Lives. No Alexander Payne here. That's a big snub, especially with six slots. I'm glad Celine Song took it, but I think she took it from him. Uh, but that being said, great category. Really great directing going on in this category. Um, I think Barbie or Bradley Cooper takes it. Greta Gerwig or Bradley Cooper. Maybe Nolan, too. Nolan, you know what? Actually, Nolan. That movie's so technical and so, like, refined, you know? Like, it's just so tight. Despite it being three hours, everything feels, like, kind of uh, meticulous. Like, very, like, intentionally done. Very, like, while it's kind of a slow... I watched it again the other night. Uh, it plays differently at home, for sure, which I think a lot of us were worried about, but it's still great. 
it's still my favorite movie of the year. Uh, but it's three hours, you know, and I, I disagree with a lot of people where they say it's the breeziest three hours of all. T- no, it's not. It's it's long and you feel it. Um, I've certainly spent three hours doing much worse things. And I think like at the end of the day, it's a very clear three act film where it want, you can clearly define each hour. And I think that's great. And I think that's good for a long movie. I felt that way with Endgame as well. Two opposite ends of the spectrum, believe me. I recognize that. But Endgame is another three-hour movie that's kind of perfectly sliced in three kind of cute pieces. And Oppenheimer's the same way. You know, you got the whole setup of the hour. You've got Act 2 with the bomb. And then you've got Act 3 with just the fallout of all that. And same thing with Endgame. You've got the initial like kind of sad wave of, of you know, dealing with that. And then you introduce to hour two, the time travel mechanic. And then hour three is just all out fucking war. So that's kind of the way it's been with with those two in particular. But I think uh, best director, maybe Nolan, just because it's so impressive and it's so well done and it's excellent. I don't think Scorsese stands a chance. That's crazy how Scorsese is actually kind of the weakest in the category. If you take out Celine Song, Martin Scorsese is the weakest in the category. Celine Song is by no means weak, by the way. She's she's great. But, I, I mean, Flower Moon is well more well done than Past Lives, like as far as a directing accomplishment goes. But that's crazy to me. Like, if you take out Celine Song, those five, Scorsese's the worst. That is nuts. And I haven't even seen Poor Things. Some would argue Bradley Cooper... But I thought that I I really I liked Maestro a lot, and it's been sitting with me more than I thought it would. And I think he, you know, you watch these interviews with Bradley Cooper, and you can tell that he did the research and he put in the work. And I think that goes a long way. Uh, but I think Nolan, at the end of the day, will take it. But Lanthimos, don't sleep on him either. All four of these are excellent. All right, big ones here. Best Picture, Musical, or Comedy. Barbie, Poor Things, American Fiction, The Holdovers, May, December, and Air. Air. Over the Color Purple. So The Color Purple might be out. Unless it came out too late. I mean, it's still not out. I can't even see that movie yet. Until it comes out on Christmas Day. But American Fiction, you got to screen these movies. There you go. American Fiction's not coming out anywhere near me until, like, January. But that's everywhere. Oh, Sterling K. Brown was another snub for supporting actor, I believe. Um, Didn't see American Fiction yet, but from what I've been hearing, he's another snub. The nonsense nomination here, I think, is air. Because what the hell? You know? Like, what is that doing here? It's fine. Air's good, but it's not, you know, best picture of the year. But it goes to show you, and it's what we've been talking about. People liked that film, and it might just go all the way, and it might just get that nomination. Again, May, December. Why is that in musical or comedy? Why? You know, it's nuts. Um, I, I think Poor Things is going to take it. And, and kind of walk away with it. Barbie, maybe. 
but they're already, I feel like they wouldn't even announce the box office bullshit if they weren't going to give that to Barbie just so they can be like, hey, Barbie got something, you know? So I think they're already kind of prepping us for that. So I feel like it's between poor things and maybe American fiction. I haven't seen American fiction, but I hear it's excellent. Um, and it won that, we can't, we can't discredit that. It won that big award at the, at the uh, earlier in September when we first started the show. The, uh, the Critics' Choice Award um, in, uh, what was it? TIFF, Toronto, right? I think that's what it was. And that's a good indicator for a nominated Best Picture film. So, and maybe The Holdovers. The Holdovers really is one that everybody loves, but I think it's poor things for sure because everybody just fucking loves that movie. Best Picture Drama. Here we go. Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Past Lives, The Zone of Interest, and Anatomy of a Fall. Uh, two non-English films in here. That's great. Anatomy of a Fall is very deserving. I think that's going to go to Best Picture as well. Uh, the Zone of Interest, I think... Uh, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. But I really don't... I think I would say that's kind of the one that snuck in here. You know? But I'm glad it did. And it's not a nonsense, but it's, you know, it's a... It's a, oh, that's, you got six. There you go. Iron Claw is not here. Iron Claw is nowhere. Iron Claw, I heard, is really good. But it's nowhere. And that's a bummer. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Maybe it's an audience favorite over the holidays, and then we can all yell about it being snubbed uh, later on. So that's we have that to look forward to. Oppenheimer and Maestro. It's going to be one of those two. I'm glad Past Lives is here. I keep saying that. I'm going to say that until, you know, I pinch myself and it's actually nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. Uh, I'm so glad Past Past Lives is one of those just like, man, I'm so glad you made it here. I'm so glad you found your way. You know, I'm so thrilled for that movie. Because I loved it. It's still one of my favorites of the year for sure. I think it's still number three for me. Below Spider-Verse and Oppenheimer. But, uh... Yeah, I think Maestro or Oppenheimer deserve it. Um, slight edge to Oppenheimer. I think Oppenheimer is great. Flower Moon, I don't know. That movie's lost a lot of steam, I feel like. And I feel like nobody really wants to talk about it anymore. You know what I mean? It's great. It's a good film, but, you know, I don't think you have a lot. I think a lot of people were very loud opening weekend, and then it flopped, and then it kind of went away. And now it's like on Voodoo for like, you know, super high price rental. And everybody's like, why isn't this just on Apple TV? And now everybody's mad about that. So, yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, there you have it, guys. That is the Golden Globes nominations. I'm so glad that you guys stuck around here with me to kind of break it all down. But um, yeah, there you have it. Let us know what you think down uh, below. I mean, there's no comments here, so I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm losing my mind. I've been alone for too long. It's time to get back to it. Um, you guys can look forward to new episodes every other Tuesday as it's been happening. And, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you guys sitting here and listening to me ramble for so long. But, uh, you know, it's the first big nomination announcement of the season. So you know I'm excited about it. So, guys... What do you think of the nominations? Um, rate us on all the podcast hosting, uh, all the podcast sites that you listen to us on. Leave a comment. Leave a review on Apple, on Apple Podcasts. Leave, do it all. 
Subscribe to us on Galaxy of Film Productions on YouTube. Uh, go, go give those short films a whirl. Because I think something big is happening early January that I don't know if it's been announced yet. So, I'm not going to announce it. But, you have a lot to look forward to. So, check it out. Check out Mayhem Pictures. Check out our short films that we've done over there years ago. But they're still good. I think uh, you'll find some laughs there. Uh, follow, uh, the, follow the Instagram pages, Galaxy of Film. Uh, join the Facebook group, Galaxy of Film Fan Group on Facebook, and uh, yeah, thank you guys so much. You guys can look forward to the new film, Goonies and Agony, dropping next year. I believe filming is just wrapped. So, post-production, here we come. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I will see you guys in the next one. Peace out.